This is the Victory Life Today podcast with Al and Angie Berg. Together, we'll learn how to stand in victory each and every day. Live life set ablaze by faith, filled with purpose. Live life above your circumstance. Al, today we're going to be talking about God warning his children. Oh, yes, he does. He'll give you a warning that something inside you is like, you know, I think I need to do this or not do something. Yeah, some people call it like a check in my spirit or yeah. a red flag or something like that. And really, that's the Holy Spirit talking to you if you're born again and you're spirit-filled. I mean, that is the Holy Spirit talking to you. But God actually warns his children. He can warn you of dangers ahead. And we've got some stories in the scriptures that can prove that to you. And the problem with us is I think we, we're just not, we don't keep ourselves sensitive to the Holy Spirit. We're overcome by the things of the world, the things we have to do in a particular day and uh, any one given day. And it's like, uh, you know, the cares of the world and everything, and it gets our mind and our focus off of something. You know, I remember the, the Lord told me a long time ago, Angie, you know, you don't discard fleeting thoughts. And I thought, wow, that's an odd thing to say. And he said, no, that's me speaking. Most of the time, it could be me speaking. That fleeting thought, we just in one ear and out the other. And, oh, yeah, okay, we'll do that. And... Or whatever. It seems like even if you some of us spend time in the morning, like a prayer time or mm-hmm. something, and we get that all done, that's all good and everything. But then we go, okay, and off we go. That's so right. And we're just doing whatever we're doing all that's day right. long and never like checking in, you know, and, or spending the day with the Lord. The Lord wants to spend his day with you, mm-hmm. no, regardless of what you're doing. He wants to spend it with you. <clears throat> he just wants that fellowship time together. That's right. And we just sort of see it as we have this dutiful relationship and we do our little prayer time or we, whatever. Yeah. And we do good things. I mean, we do good things for people and all of that. But we're not really like, you know, I know people that are really tuned into God and they, they spend the whole day with them. Amen. Yeah. Amen. We don't really do that. So God's. Well, you know, we're, we're, today we're going to be talking about just God giving his children a heads up. As to what's coming, a heads up, you know, there are many reasons why we really do not have to worry about anything. First of all, you have to understand, and I'll give you the scripture for this, that it is possible to not have a care in the world. It really is. And you might say, are you kidding me? You don't know what we've been going through and look at this world and everything. I know the world we're living in and it's could be downright horrific, really, but I know who I belong to. And it's a completely different kingdom than the kingdom of the world. And so I know that I don't really have to worry about anything because God's got me. And he will warn us. And he gives us a heads up on things. And I want you to know that it is possible, and I'm going to read you in Philippians 4, that it's possible to not have a care. Don't be pulled in different directions or worried about a thing. That's what it says. Don't be worried about one thing. Now, he wouldn't tell you that if it wasn't possible. So he's telling you, don't be worried. Don't have a care. And he tells you how to do this. Be saturated in prayer throughout each day, just like you were saying, Al, Mm -hmm. offering your faith-filled requests before God with overflowing gratitude. Tell him every detail of your life. This is the Passion Translation, by the way. Then God's wonderful peace that transcends human understanding will guard your heart and mind through Christ Jesus. So it's possible 
to not have a care because God tells us to not have a care. Okay, he tells us it's possible. And he doesn't tell us to do something that is impossible or that we cannot do. And of course, we can only do this with the help of the Holy Spirit. And it's called grace. It's the enablement that God gives you when you accept him as Lord and Savior to do all these things and to not have a care and to remain in peace. But, you know, I I, I really, I have to say, I really don't worry about anything in the sense of... Um, what ifs of the future. Now, don't get me wrong. If I went in my room right now and I started thinking about the negative what ifs of the future, oh, I can well, do that on purpose. Real easy. Okay, I can do that. And I would come out a mess. Mm -hmm. Okay? And I would just have toxic thoughts, thinking, bodies wouldn't feel good, headaches, whatever it is. I could do that. We're all capable of doing yeah. that. Yeah. So it's important that you don't do that. Okay? And that you only and, you focus know, you gotta on... you got to be careful what you what you think about, you know, taking every thought captive. When I start thinking about that, I have to stop and sort of reject it and then think about other things. Right. On purpose, right. get that thinking out of there because um, I liken it to a jingle. You know, when they do advertising, they come up with a jingle, they call it a little, a little song. Yeah. And that jingle's supposed to play over and over and over and over in your head so you buy the product. So when that happens to me, and it's not a jingle, when something wrong, some thinking is wrong, you're, you've you got to replace it. Absolutely. Yeah. So like in here, we're, we're talking about this scripture today. you got to replace it with the thought that, you know, God's with me. And maybe I had a problem today, but you know what? God's going to make that problem. It's going to come out. It's going to be right. You know, Al, we always talk about this when the young people today and the, the terrible uh, music that they listen to. And we really can't tell them stop listening to the music because okay if you tell your kid you can't listen to that music so they stop listening now they've got nothing to listen to yeah. you have to replace it you put with, in the worship with yes with worship music or praise music or something that would just flush that darkness out you know and and because what's going to happen is if there's nothing to fill it you're going to go back you just go back right you go back to the jingle right so it has to be replaced when, with you know something when that to, happens to me like in a day I hear something, whatever it is, some kind of an old song or some kind of jingle, and I start saying it and saying it. Mm -hmm. I say, okay, I don't want this. I don't want to do this, Lord. I don't want to keep saying it over and over and doing the jingle. And I stop, and then it starts back in again. What I do is I go home, or if I'm in the car, I on purpose put worship music on, right. and I worship God, and I flush that out. Get it out of there. And replace it. And you know what I do? I just got to say this. When I'm in the... What, I listen to worship music all the time. I really do. But every once in a while, when I'm in my car and I put the radio on, the only station I will put on is... It's called Legends. And it's 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 uh, the 19... Actually, 40s. you're going to laugh. The 40s. Not the 50s. The 30s and the 40s. The 40s, really, basically. And it reminds me of my parents and how they used to dance to those things and sing to those things and everything. And it was pretty. But you know what? I listen to that. You know why? Because I, I don't know any of the songs. I don't want to know the songs. Because then you say the jingle stays in you later. Do you know? I don't know any of the, I just enjoy them for the moment as I'm listening to them. And then it goes on to the next one I never heard of and the next one. And if I do am familiar with one, I make sure I don't speak, sing with it. 
Okay. But do you know what? I never remember because I don't know the songs. I never remember them later on, but I always remember the worship songs because they're drilling in me, you know? know, I grew up in the sixties and seventies and I know those songs because they played them so much. And as soon as those songs come on, I know the whole song. And now it's like, oh no. Yes, (laughs) I know. So anyway, I don't worry about being in the wrong place at the wrong time. Some people do. They were, and I always confess this, me, my husband and my children and my grandchildren and my son-in-laws, we will always be in the right place at the right time. That you can confess over your family. But people worry about being in the wrong place at the wrong time. We see it on the news all the time, children getting hurt. They're in the wrong place at the wrong time. But God warns his children. And he will direct your steps. If, 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 if he knows that there's danger ahead, he will redirect your steps or warn you by speaking to you or just changing your ideas about what you're going to do that day. Whatever he chooses to do, he will protect you. He gives you a heads up. So I can actually walk around not worried about a thing because I know God's got my back. Well, you know, that cool? that's really cool. But you got to you got to remember one thing. If something happens, you know, you're, you're taking this position. If something happens to you that day, you'll see that didn't work out. No, no, no. You the devil's trying to break you. You have to on purpose say, you know what? Something happened to me today. Not that big of a deal. I don't have to worry. I don't have to care. God's going to get it fixed. He's going to get me the money to get it fixed. You may have to wait to get it fixed. My point is. <clears throat> Don't sit there and the second it doesn't go perfectly for you, see, God's not in it. It's not true. Maybe there was a reason for that whole situation. Maybe if you hadn't been there, something terrible would have happened if you had been someplace else. Who knows? You just got to take a position. I teach people all the time. You take, you, you live your life in God from a platform of thanksgiving. That's your whole life. It's all, I'm thankful unto God for everything. So when something doesn't necessarily go all that good, it doesn't matter. Good will happen to you. Something will come out of it. Stick with it. Don't let the devil take you out that right. easy. Right. <clears throat> so right. as long as we stay sensitive to the voice of the Holy Spirit, that's right. You know, whether he talks directly to us or through someone else, because sometimes someone else will be saying something to you, and, and inside you, you're like, oh my God, that's God. God's talking to me. Because you already know what you're supposed to be doing. God will. He will get the information. He wants us to have it. He wants you to know this. He will give us a heads up. That's yeah. Now, 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 let's go to Acts chapter 9 because we're going to look at some scriptures here to actually prove this. This is from the uh, Passion Translation. And this is right after Paul. Remember, Paul was on the road to Damascus and he lost his sight and they led him to the house and Ananias prayed for him and he got his sight back and he got baptized in the Holy Spirit at that moment and they fed him a meal. And look at the next sentence. This, this blows me away, Al. It says, within the hour... He was in the synagogues preaching about Jesus and proclaiming Jesus is the Son of God within an hour Mm -hmm. of receiving his sight, of being converted, of becoming a believer, not not just uh, a religious person going into a personal relationship with Jesus. This was someone who hated Christians, who was killing Christians, and he was blinded for those hours, and now he can see, he saw the miracles of God, and within one hour, within an hour, he was in the synagogues preaching Jesus. I think that is the most, he got right to work. 
He got right to work. There's a neighbor that we have, and he was, he was, he was a little upset. He goes, "Oh, I, I you know, I, I don't understand why ministry is sometimes it's so hard, and I can't get this done, and I have so much in me, and I want to, you know, get get it, and I just." You know, I just want to do all this and nothing's happening. And, and then the next day he got up and his nephew was visiting him and his nephew started saying, well, tell, it was Easter Sunday. And he said, well, what is this Resurrection Sunday anyway? And for three hours, he ministered to this one kid, which was so precious. And the kid got saved, born again and happy and he got it and a light went off. And that's what happened with Paul here. A light went off. When he went to that house and Ananias prayed for him and everything, and then he saw everything as clear as could be. So it says, those who heard him were astonished, saying among themselves, okay, now Paul is preaching, isn't this the Saul who furiously persecuted those in Jerusalem who called on the name of Jesus? So now they're recognizing him. Didn't he come here with permission from the high priest to drag them off and take them as prisoners? I mean, these people were starting to get confused. So look at this, Saul's power, this is verse 22, increased greatly as he became more and more proficient in proving that Jesus was the anointed Messiah. Saul remained there for several days with the disciples, even though it agitated the Jews of Damascus. And as time passed, the Jews plotted together to kill Saul. Now look at this, but it was revealed to Paul what they were about to do. God warned Paul. They closely guarded the gates of the city and tracked his every movement so they could kill him. But during the night, because Paul knew he was warned, some of Saul's converts helped him escape by lowering him down through an opening in the wall, hiding him in a woven basket. Yeah. You know, it doesn't Jeez. really say... That's it, amazing it, to me. It doesn't say how they, you know, how they did it in here. How God warned them. Right. But it was a plan. They wanted to kill him, but it was revealed to Paul. Look, Paul, they're trying to kill you. And they they came up with a they plan to get him They must have had out. some, either the Holy Spirit told Paul, you know, and I guess it really doesn't matter here. Well, or it, would it, it wouldn't been. matter if somebody told somebody and then he went and told Paul and said, hey, I found out what these guys are trying to get you. Right. You know, it doesn't matter. Um, God got the information right. to him. Right. He, you know, you well, can't, you just can't negate when a person tells you something. It could be God trying to help that's you. That's a good point. Saying, hey, you need to do this. God could say, I'll say it this way. He could speak through that person. That's a good point. You know what I mean? And it, it doesn't have to be a divine revelation in 40 right. angels. Sometimes somebody might say something to you and you go, you know what? That's what I need to do. Yeah. God's talking to me. See how God protects his people and gives them a heads up and, and, you know, you don't have to worry. This is what I'm saying. You don't have to worry about anything. Paul really didn't have to worry about anything because God would always warn him when somebody was after him to kill him. And then God would give them the wisdom as to what to do. Yeah, he'd even show them how to get out of it. I mean, right? I know in my own case, many times God will show you, you know, it's like, and oh, I don't know what to do, but God shows you the way out. And he gave Paul enough time to figure it out. Mm-hmm. I mean, so, but what was, what was Paul doing in the meantime while God, God revealed this to him? He was doing what God told him, called him to do. He was preaching the message of Jesus Christ. And once you do that, the persecution begins. Yeah. It really, really does. Yeah, within the hour he went and he preached in the synagogues. That's right. And you know what? His concern was to, pre, was to preach. 
it wasn't he wasn't concerned he, he wasn't thinking all that much about well am I going to get killed for this no he not was at just all. focusing on I got to get this information out because who knows I might be gone tomorrow you know what I mean yeah like he wasn't living in the what ifs he just did God's work boy that's so good he wasn't wow. living you know we the what ifs are always there yeah <laughs> you know oh the gosh, Holy Spirit anyway will uh, whether. You know, directly or through, indirectly, or through his disciples told Paul his life was in danger and Paul had to get out of it. You know, we really need to trust God daily to do the same thing for us. I mean, he loves us as much as he loved Paul, but we take on the burden of protecting ourselves, of taking care of ourselves, when the Bible says and God tells us, don't worry about a thing. Don't worry about yourself. That's my job. So then look at this. Then Paul goes to Jerusalem, Al, from Damascus. And look at this. This is uh, 929. He was boldly preaching in the power and authority of Jesus. He openly debated with some of the Jews who had adopted the Greek culture. Yet, listen to this, they were secretly plotting to murder him. But look at this in verse 29. He openly debated with some of them. They were secretly plotting to murder him. But verse 30, when the believers discovered their scheme, again, we don't know how, okay? They smuggled him, Paul, out of the city and took him to Caesarea and then sent him on to Tarsus. Again, Paul was warned that they were trying to kill him. He received an awful lot of yeah, persecution. Yeah, his whole life was persecution. But, you know, you think about that. They were playing along with Paul as they were setting him up to they take him out. They were setting him up. And so sometimes you're going to be set up and you don't even know you're being set up. And all of a sudden God shows up and you're yes. out of there. Right. And I've seen it in my own life when all of a sudden everything changes. And it's like, wow, how did that just happen? I'm just gone. I mean, it's unbelievable. But, do you, no, go ahead. but sometimes you might think it, it wasn't for good, but sometimes it is for good. You don't know what would have happened. You got to be careful sometimes. Yeah, yeah. But do you see how, how we can actually live without a care? Mm -hmm. If we know that God will warn us when we need to be warned, yeah. you know, we don't have to be on guard for everything. You know, he will warn we, us. We know he'll warn us. It's it's our job to stay sensitive to the spirit That's exactly when people right. are talking to you. I mean, I've actually been watching TV and something was going on and I'm like, eh, and it's like, I think the Lord's talking to me. Yes, here. you've done He's that. He's telling me to do something. Yes. And I think I need to be aware. Right. So it doesn't say how they discovered the scheme, but... God was taking care of Paul. You know, I know God takes care of me. You know, I'm 67 years old. Al is going to be 71, and we're 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 healthy people. But there are times when things happen to us, you know, and there are things that I have to fight on and off and everything, and I don't run to the doctor for every little thing. In fact, I don't go to the doctor. It's just my choice to walk everything out in faith, and that's what I'm choosing to do. A uh, uh, nothing against doctors. If you need to go, go. Just take Jesus with you. But I'm just saying, for me, I, I choose to stand on the Word of God. But I've always told God, because some things that I have had over the years, anybody else would be at the uh, door of the emergency room at the hospital. Mm -hmm. And I never did that. And, and, you know, I always said to God, you know, if you ever want me in a hospital or in a doctor's office, you're going to have to get me there. Because in and of myself, I'm standing on your word. And I believe that if I believe I'm healed, I'm healed. And that everything will leave me. And they do. Everything leaves me eventually. Okay? Because I stand on the word of God. But, Lord, 
If you need to get me in a hospital, you do it. Do you know what? I walk away. I don't wonder if I get a pain or if I get something really scary that could be scary. I don't wonder, should I go to the hospital? Because if I, I know if God wants me there, I don't know how he's going to do it, but I'm going to end up there. And mm -hmm. that's all I have to say. So I don't even have a care about that, about any health issues in the what ifs. So there are so many examples in scriptures of God sending warnings to his children, Al, and, and because he wants his children to get the job done. And if they're distracted and they're going down a wrong path and they don't realize it, he wants to warn us. God uses us. He uses people. He sends somebody somewhere to preach the gospel. Yes. Yeah, he's God. He could have done it another way, but he wants to use us because right. he wants to reward us. That's the purpose. And look at this. I found this amazing. First Chronicles 16, 22. He says, do not touch my anointed and do my prophets no harm. Well, this is like a warning. Like, look, don't touch my anointed. The prophets were God's servants back then in the old. They were doing God's will. They were called to speak for God. And God is adamant when it comes to getting his will done. And this is why he wants no one to touch or agitate even with persecution, his anointed people. You know, there are a lot of prophets that have come out since COVID and everything and since uh, other things happening in the world and stuff. And and they're all saying things and they're getting a lot of backlash. That people are just, uh, they're, they're, a lot of them are not listening to them and a lot of them are bashing them. And God says, look, don't touch them. Do not touch them. Do not bash them. Do not talk evil about them. You know, he's because he wants his will done on earth. And if they hear from God, we should have open ears to hear, you know. Um, but, you know, God, you know, the devil tries to get us distracted, Al, so we won't even hear the warnings. We won't even hear uh, what God is trying tries to tell us. Tries to get us. you going 100 miles an hour. I know. I know. And um, but but let, let me let me read this one. Psalm 105 they were very few in number when God gave them that promise and they were all foreigners to that land. They were wandering from one land to another, from one kingdom to another, yet God would not permit anyone to touch them. Do you see how he protects you? He protects you. If you just listen to him, go where he tells you to do what he tells you to do. And he says, don't you dare lay a hand on my anointed ones and don't do a thing to hurt my prophets. You know, now, as long as you're following him, as long as you're heeding to the warnings and the direction, then God can bring that protection to you. Yeah. You know, you got to remember when Saul, when Saul was hunting David to kill him. Yeah. Right. That's right. David had a chance to kill Saul, but he, he said he wouldn't. He wouldn't touch God's anointed. Think about that. When I read that for the very first time in my life, I said, oh, my God, you had him, David. Yes. And he said, nope. I'm not going to go there. That's He's anointed king. He would not touch God's anointed, as, as touch. bad as Saul was. And David was in line to be the next king. Right. So he could have had it in an instant. And the people would have been behind him in a minute. Yes. Because they yes. didn't like Saul. Yes. You know what I mean? But he just wouldn't do it. And he was really criticized for it. It's like, what are wow, you doing? that is so good. You know that what I mean? That is so good. He wouldn't touch him. Yeah. Um, there are other examples, Al, too, Um uh, protecting and warning his children. What about Joseph in a dream? He, you know, uh, the angels came to Joseph in a dream and, and made him flee with the baby Jesus because the king wanted to kill him. I mean, there are so many things. And another thing about dreams, God does warn in dreams, but we really do have to be careful about dreams because a lot of times, you know, we're already thinking about it. 
And then, you know, dreams could be crazy. So I don't touch them. Yeah, yeah, I don't go there. If you have a crazy dream, don't don't waste your time with that. But sometimes dream, if you can remember the dream over and over, it's probably something of significance. That's right. You know, there were many prophets in the Old Covenant, in the Old Testament, where God warned them that, you know, these look, they warned Jehoshaphat, these armies are coming against you. God warns his people, whether he uses other people, angels or whatever, or the Holy Spirit, whatever it is. And I remember Jesus warning Peter, look, Satan's going to sift you like wheat. He's going to do this to you, but don't worry, because I'm going to pray for you that your faith would not fail. Hey, thanks so much for listening today. Be sure to hit that subscribe button for new episodes each week. Learn more about us and find tons of resources that will help you grow your faith at victorylifeministries.org.